everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Power Athlete Radio featuring The Crew, where a former pro football player, a D3 all-star, and a guy who peaked in high school use strength and conditioning as an excuse to talk about everything but. Now here's John, Luke, and Tex. Drive on. Kick the wheels right before the hammer strikes to make sure the levels fall from low. I got them girls shining oh so bright. Athlete Nation, what's happening? This is Luke. Before we get going any further, I want to announce to you that we are offering the chance of a lifetime. We have the gift that just keeps on giving in. And that's right. At the Power Athlete Shop, if you purchase a gift certificate of $75 or more, you will automatically be entered to win a life-changing coaching experience from John Wellborn, Tex McQuilkin, and the Power Athlete Block One Coaching Network, well in excess of $3,000. The package includes a 360-degree initial assessment, 10 live coaching sessions, custom programming, custom nutrition to support your training and your goals. This is life-changing. You can take it, and you can use it or hey maybe you give this as a gift so ladies and gentlemen if you want to learn more about what we have going on winners are going to be announced on christmas so head to the link in the show notes or go to pahq.co slash miracle back to it howdy tex howdy luke how y'all doing over there (laughs) i'm loving this new x newfound accent Y'all talking about spurs and chaps and stuff? Yeah. You know, Riding really... cowgirls and cow and cowboys? Yeah. My, knocking my, boots. Knocking boots. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Premier Podcast in Strength. Mute that. And conditioning. Ing. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It's time to dig deep and go into the bowels of the hotline. (laughs) I appreciate the reach. Isn't that like what they say? Into the bowels? I don't think that's a term. What do they say then? Well, okay. I'll Google. You stall for five minutes. Uh, That's right, ladies and gentlemen. We Five minutes on a Google text. Everyone knows you're at least a 10-minute Google guy. Uh, We are going into our hotline. We have a few text messages that we've just been ignoring because uh, the big guy is not around. And we have bobblehead John Wellborn here uh, who is taking the place of our other illustrious host of the podcast, special guest, featured friend, uh, John Wellborn, founder, CEO, of Power Athlete. So it's myself and McQuilkin here today, and we are going into the text messages. The number, what's that? A saying is, into the bowels of the earth. Uh-huh. So that's and, like the depths. But that, I mean, I'm talking fifth, 16th century literature. You know that's where I get... Your I mean, <laughs> pop culture references? Ye knoweth. <laughs> <laughs> That's good shtick. <laughs> that is great shtick. Uh, so we are talking primals today, Tex, in like, honestly. Movement. We're talking yeah, movement today. I know. Like, you're getting all jazzed up on this one. Uh, this one doesn't jazz me up like some of the other questions about, like, action movies and stuff like that. Well, 
But that's fine. Not this all is, episodes are for everyone. And here's what this is, right? This is, here's why it doesn't get me jazzed up. And I'm not saying I'm not, I'm not saying I'm discouraged, but this is like talking about, in my opinion, but I've been here for a decade. My opinion, why do we have to brush our teeth every day? Come on, man. You know why you got to brush your teeth. You just do it every day. You do it, right? Mm-hmm. Do you? But sometimes you let need me let's reminders. talk. Hang on, let's dig deep. Let's go to the bowels of your dental hygiene here, McQuoken. Uh, gladly, I have never had a cavity. Mm, really? Have you ever gone to the dentist? <laughs> yeah. I had a friend who never had a cavity once because he'd never been to the dentist. Then he went once, and had, they ripped them all out and gave him dentures. Uh, his name was Robert Paulson. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, the hotline is open for you to ask us questions, uh-huh. and we will give you answers. The number to the hotline is 929-464-464-0. That's right. That's 929-ing-ing-0. Uh-huh. So you can text us. You can leave us a message. Uh, if you call, be bold, be brief, and we will get to it uh, on an f- upcoming episode of the Premier Podcast in Strength and Conditioning. So, ing, 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 ing. Okay. Here we go. Ready? Here comes Ready. the text message on the hotline. Can you explain primal movements to me like I'm five years old? You guys write about them all the time. You mention them on the feeds all the time. You talk about them on the podcast all the time. Why are they important? And bonus question, what's up with squatting toes forward? So this is where it's like, come on, like we talk about this for decades. But I, you know what I forget, text Hopefully, well, we are. I don't even have to hope. I know. We are that next step for many people who are starting to take their training. Their their exercise is that needle is moving from exercise to training. Uh-huh. And there is a, a, a dedicated focus to the time in the gym. And they're looking for world-class coaching and programming. And they come to us and they just aren't quite as informed. And we have 400 plus podcasts. We've got 500 freaking blogs. And then if you go into John's Talk to Me, Johnny, you got another few hundred blogs. And it, so it's okay, people. We're here for you. Right. And this may be their first touch point and understanding of primals, which is a perfect opportunity for us to explain it to them. Like they're five. Like they're five. Which Very is important. Common. Yeah, very common vernacular and mm-hmm. increase your perspective and understanding of training and not seeing a squat for a squat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the classic, we are going to show you movement using the primals versus movements. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, how about this? So let's let's start. I'll kick it off. Okay. With? What do you mean? Well, let me tell you what I'll kick it off with. <laughs> Is that what you mean? Yeah. Okay, so let's kick it off with this. Within weightlifting, there's a infinite, you can think of infinite ways to exercise, to use a, a training implement, to use like a dumbbell or a barbell or uh-huh. anything you see in a gym. Cinder block. Yeah, you, you can use those things to create resistance to almost... Any movement, and if you do it right, it can be a positive impact, a positive stress to drive a training response. Yes. I, I'm confident in, in infinite. And kiddo, five-year-old, what infinite means is you can't even count that high. You can count your whole life, and you will never reach it. Ever, ever, ever. It goes on for 
forever. So how do we make sense of all that? Well, we're going to group all of these things into small, smaller groups. Mm -hmm. So things like front squats, things like back squats, things like Bulgarian split squats, doing those with a barbell, with a dumbbell, with a sandbag, with a kettlebell, with body weight. In our eyes, we can call, those are all the same type of movement. Mm -hmm. And that's what a primal movement is. It's the most fundamental or simple movements that the human can do in the framework or in during your time in the gym when you're working out there's only so much you can actually do right and there's finding yes different planes of motion mm -hmm. different implements weights tools yeah for you but then it boils down to these fundamental movement patterns mm -hmm. that then allow us to create and write a full-on strength and conditioning program based off movement for movement selection first then getting into specific rep schemes mm -hmm. that are connected to adaptations like hypertrophy. Five-year-old, you donkey. Uh, strength. They understand strength. Hypertrophy. You're gonna you're gonna talk to a five you're gonna talk to a five-year-old about hypertrophy. You're out okay. of here, dude. Grow your muscles. You are out of here. That yeah. is a five-year-old. Full full house. Uh -huh. full Cut it out, dude. Step by step. But yeah, grow your muscles. Yeah, grow your muscles. Increase your strength so you can lift that horse up or however you describe it to a five-year-old that you can not do, but they don't know that. So you can get feel better about yourself. Mm -hmm. And then uh, jumping ability, power, mm -hmm. and speed. Running fast. So think about a school bus, Tex. Um, okay. Pictured. So when you ride your school bus to school, a school bus has primal movements. It can go left. It can go right. It can go forward. It can go backward. Okay. It's just that simple. But sometimes there's sharp left turns. Sometimes there's not so sharp left turns. Sometimes there's a U-turn. Sometimes you go uphill. Sometimes you go downhill. And all those combinations in between. But at the end of the day, the school bus goes forward, backward, left, and right. It's that simple. Yes. Now, the body, when we're in the weight room building muscles mm -hmm. and getting stronger. The body can only do so many things. The first one it can do, and probably the most important one, because it's the best way to get you strong and jacked, is the squat. Yeah, that is the best. Let's Should we split into upper and lower body? Oh, good point. But we're a little more advanced than school bus techs. Yes, we are. Because we have an upper body and a lower body. Mm -hmm. And easiest to explain and we can paint the picture to an adult as well mm -hmm. in a training program that they follow for our upper body there are four foundational movement patterns one two three four you're right <laughs> two let's let's begin and pair them up into push and a pull yeah they're like brothers and sisters brothers and sisters push and a pull the push we're going to have a horizontal push mm -hmm. and then a vertical push. An example of a horizontal push would be a push-up. Mm -hmm. Five-year-olds can do push-ups, right? Yeah. Oh, and yeah. then, yeah, press, vertical press, anything that you're going to put above your head. Mm -hmm. So those are going to be push. Then we pair those up with pulls, and mm -hmm. it's the same orientation. <laughs> Five-year-old. I'm trying, man. The horizontal pull, like your 
hugging someone. Yeah. You're pulling it in close to you. Yeah. And then a vertical pull, like uh, you're climbing. Mm-hmm. A tree. Tree. Mm-hmm. Or just hanging on the out. monkey bars. Yeah. Hanging out on a monkey bar. Mm-hmm. That'd be a great representation of a vertical pull. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what your upper body can do. Now, your lower body, how do I want to go here? Your lower body, like we said, can squat. And inside your body, you got all sorts of bones. And for those of us on YouTube, we can see pelvis Presley here. Mm -hmm. And this is the bone we like to call the hip. That's right. Now, the hip can do a few things. Do you want to steal double Ds? Yes. Okay, sweet. So imagine your hip is like a bowl of soup. And you want to spill the soup out of the front of the bowl. That's our squat because the hip is tilting forward. We're going to do that. It's like sitting down and standing up on the potty, sitting down, standing up on a chair. If you're going to jump really high, you're going to be going, your hip is going to be spilling like a bowl of soup. Now, the next primal movement we have is called lunge. Now, pretend you're holding that bowl of soup and it's going to be spinning like it's on uh, record player is not going to do it. Compact disc player. No, no, that's not going to do it. A lazy, lazy Susan. Susan. That's not going to do it. It's going to be spinning like you're... Like a Frisbee. Like a Frisbee. So when your hips spin like a Frisbee, we call that a lunge. And movements that are lunges are like when you step a big step forwards or big step backwards with one of your legs. That's what your hips will do. And then finally, we have the third lower body movement, which is called a step. And basically, if you have that bowl of soup and you're sitting next to friends... And you are going to tilt it to the side to give your friend on your left side a sip. And then you take that bowl of soup and tilt it to the right side so your friend on the right side can take a sip. And you share that soup. That is going to be what your hips do when you step up, like climbing up stairs. Marching. Marching. And even like running after a ball. Mm -hmm. So those are the things that your lower body can do. Your squat, step, and lunge. And mm-hmm. then your upper body is your push and pull forwards and horizontally or upwards or vertically. Mm-hmm. Those are the primal movement patterns. And mm-hmm. when you string them all together, that's essentially everything you're doing when you're playing and the yeah. freedom and creative action you're going to end into with tag mm-hmm. or imagination, whatever. Mm-hmm. That's... Our definition of athleticism. That's right. If those if those primal movements were little uh, robots, each of them were little robots, they work together as a team to allow you to play. But when we exercise, we try to train those little robots one at a time. Mm-hmm. And sometimes two at a time. And sometimes three at a time. Those are our primal movements. What do you think? That's pretty good. Yeah, and when we decide to lift heavy and pick something up, mm-hmm. we usually select one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when we're trying to, the best way to get you really strong really fast is to train one robot at a time. Mm-hmm. The best way to get you really ready to play outside and be the best at tag is to maybe add a couple of those together. Yeah, combine mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mash. Yeah, mash them. <clears throat> I'm pretty proud of that one. I think the robots really sealed the deal. I'm glad that we planned that. Uh-huh. Right? Do kids know what robots are? Should we have said uh, cybernetic beings? 
<laughs> Ailed it? Uh, no. What's uh? Isn't there? Is it a South Park where he's like, Osimo, where he's a robot? He's like, no, I'm not a robot. I'm a um, yeah, android, right, or something like that. No, I actually watched that recently. Let me check. I'm a. Well, Texas checking that. Anyways, so I'm going to move on to why they're so important. I'm not going to go that because uh, five don't, year olds don't care about why. Yeah, don't. So talk we, to we a five year old like that, right? So here's the deal, ladies and gentlemen. So why are these important within power athlete? Well, remember the the framework and objective of all of our training programs is to <clears throat> really tap into that athletic potential, and what we observed. In our time, working with plenty of athletes, plenty of clients, and traveling the world, and then John as well, playing at the highest level of football in the NFL for a decade, is that the best athletes move effortlessly. And they're able to call upon various movements and performance traits to the exact degree, without even thinking, to do things in an athletic way. So they're graceful, they're coordinated, they're confident. So that is, those are all the elements of athleticism. So if we were to define athleticism, which we have, tech spoiler alert, as mm-hmm. the seamless and effortless combination of primal movement patterns, which we just explained to you, uh, seamless and effortless, excuse me, the seamless and effortless combination of primal movement patterns through space to accomplish a known or novel task. So that's our definition of athleticism. And what our training does is facilitate an improvement in athletic ability and athleticism. So we need those primal movements because they're they're ultimately a proxy towards improved athleticism, which means we measure the competency and capability of each one of those primary movement patterns. And then as those progress and you're moving through space and you're training things you know, and then you're testing with things you don't know, we then can determine whether or not we are improving your athleticism, mm-hmm. right? So it's like you can't have a dinner party. You can't have a holiday meal without any guests to give you feedback on whether or not your Thanksgiving turkey was tasty, right? Is that a good one? I don't know if I like that one. Anyways, is it Cyborg? <laughs> uh, uh, most advanced Japanese android. Android. I'm not a. I'm not a robot. I'm an android. You ask. I think is one of the lines in there. Something like that. Yeah, Anywho, so we're. That is. So that why is. So that is like the, the conceptually why these are important. Uh huh. And then if you bias a single movement pattern. Yes. Then we have noticed there's a reversibility trait to that, meaning like you rob from the skills and competency in these other movement patterns. Mm-hmm. And you're creating limitations and holes within your movement and ability Mm -hmm. that if we're talking about any any sport where field court sport where it's very reactive and creative in nature Mm -hmm. if somebody takes advantage and you have to then step or react into a lunge or a step up a neglected movement that you Mm -hmm. have whatever it may be you're going to get found out yeah yeah so we have this opportunity in training to then isolate and the squat, the step, or the lunge mm-hmm. to identify a deficit, a limitation, mm-hmm. or some form of weakness within, and then expose you to strength training to then improve yeah. that strength, power, speed within that single primal. Mm-hmm. And the catch is we need the opportunity to then connect the squat, step, and lunge together. Yeah. 
most valuable, effective tool that we can hand off to someone through a program is going to be sprinting, especially if you are a, an adult training right now and you're not practicing within your sport. If we're working with a high school kid or a college kid person, then they have practice as the opportunity to connect their the training, the training, the strength for the, the squat, step and lunges that they have. Now, can I give a, are you, you got more to riff on? Well, quickly then Keep why sprinting in our programming, if you're following any of our programs, you will find some form of running or transition through space. Like throwing would be a great opportunity example. So any transition through space with your body that feels or seems like a combination of squat, step and lunge, that is our opportunity to enhance and empower your athleticism. Mm -hmm. So if you find something you suck at, this is what I'm saying. Yeah. If you find something you suck at within the training, odds are we need you to continue to do that and identify it. Like we are throwing a lot of different opportunities mm -hmm. to find out what you suck at in training. Beautiful. Take a note, put a little asterisk on it, and then realize this is a great opportunity for me to then improve my athleticism by improving this transition through space. Mm -hmm. The next reason, Tex, <clears throat> it's important. Um, because you're talking application predominantly. Application and training to make response, the connection. Right? Yeah. And which is important, but there's another piece here, right? In there's writing a, a program. Uh-huh. So this is your rubric and cipher in terms of how to distribute and select movements in a training cycle uh -huh. and evaluate a program. So let's say you're out there, um, you know, coach or fitness enthusiast, because people love writing programs, right? Oh, so yeah. if you were to send us your program, the first thing we're going to look at is we're going to determine your volume and intensity days. And then we're going to map that on top of distribution of primal movements, the sequence of primal movements and where they fall. What is the, how can we see progression through it? Mm -hmm. And then the next overlay, I know they didn't ask for this, but this is a bonus. But then we're also going to evaluate the planes of motion that you're you're asking yes. your athlete to move in. Now, here's what's tricky about this too. Know your population. Again, we need to remind you, this is now not like your five. This is like you're a GD adult. Um, we're not training for fitness. Not that there's anything wrong with that, right? Like you can get really fit jogging and doing burpees and doing pushups. Mm -hmm. Like you can, you can, and dieting. Like that will make, that will get you shredded. Mm -hmm. But when we tap you in to play kickball, if you're just yogging, doing burpees and eating boiled tilapia, dude, I'm picking you last. Like I am picking well, you last. You're going to get, let's just say you're going to get that call once. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. If you're calling, yeah, you call him for a sub and it's like, dude, what are you doing for your training? You're like, oh, I boil tilapia. And while it's boiling, I go for a yog and do pushups. You're out, dude. You're out. Like, I'm sorry. You're out. Unless, well, they're, here's also the they're a pescatarian. That's a good point. If you're, that's fine. There's a caveat here too, of just gifted athletes. Yes, where you can ha ask them to beat on a snare drum and they're going to get better. Those people exist. They're probably not on my call list for rec league dodgeball or kickball though. Well, let's just say they're not picking up your call. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. But you're right, OD, on, bro. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I got to hit him up. Uh, Anywho. But so 
we can take that big picture. If your goal and what mm-hmm. you're training for is fitness, mm-hmm. we're not mad at that. Oh, yeah. As and long as you have something you're aiming towards, we are happy to then empower. Yes. Because that is movement and it's going to carry over and into your life. Mm-hmm. And hopefully then your kids see this. Yes. You got your garage gym. You're training for fitness. Awesome. They develop a, a, a habit and an attitude towards fitness for the rest of their life. Good. Yeah, cool. Yeah. What you don't realize is your goal of fitness is a goal of movement. Thank you for bridging the gap. So while you can go for it, like if you now, are we saying that if you train within the paradigm of primal movements and plans of motion, you can't get fit? Absolutely not. It just happens to be a little more thoughtful and mindful. Uh-huh. And in our opinion, a better, a better way to approach fitness goals. Yes. And be prepared for anything and everything truly like that overplayed training for life deal from the back in the day, the early tens or late two thousands. What? Like training for anything. I forget what it is, but like CrossFit jumped on it and Oh yeah. Whatever. No, whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Either way, it's both connected to movement. But if we look and take our primal movement lens that we're looking to define movement with, Mm -hmm. And we look at the many fitness programs out there, they're biased towards horizontal pushing, overhead push, vertical pushing, and squatting. squatting. The x-axis deadlift, front squat, mm-hmm. overhead squat, squat, it's all a hinge yeah. X over the it's all, x-axis. It's one look, magnum. One look, you are right. So even though you're changing implements and sets and reps and all that, it's squatting. Squatting, yeah, hinging. And... We need to filter to realize, okay, where are we missing the lunch? And we're seeing an evolution of CrossFit games, programming, yeah, and competition, example. all that. As an example, they are introducing the lunge mm-hmm. and bastardizing the step up, in my professional opinion. But time. It takes time, buddy. That they're including it, I can't get mad at. Mm-hmm. So the planes of motion is that next step. Once we have the three axes mm-hmm. of rotation and action of the hip, we need to introduce, and we hope to see this, yeah, evolution and understanding continue for the frontal plane and the transverse plane. Which and we is, just hammered that a couple uh-huh, hours ago. So correct. So that's the next step in that it changes your central nervous system, how it, your spine reacts if our hips are moving through a different plane of motion. Mm-hmm. It's a whole new training response. Yeah. So my probably the easiest example to translate is going to be through the kettlebell swing. If we have Luke's performing the kettlebell swing his feet are planted and he's just hitting a russian style so feet are planted very static action with the feet and the hips but it's just x axis hinge hinge Mm -hmm. hinge now we can introduce and take this same hinge but stress it with two different planes of motion we have a kettlebell swing with a lateral step to Mm -hmm. the left and the right so as luke extends his hips and the kettlebell is on the upward swing. He pushes with mm-hmm. his right leg and takes a lateral st- open step towards the left. Yes. And then with the lead leg. That's with very the lead important. Leg, with the lead leg. And then the kettlebell is on the descent. Nothing changes about his swing. He still toes forward, absorbing that force, and then redirects. Mm-hmm. And then now pushes off the opposite, the left foot, and steps and leads with the right foot. And then control. So toe, mm-hmm. good toes forward position. And that'd be introducing the frontal plane. Then my favorite, we have our transverse plane. This is going to be a 90 degree open step. 
to where Luke is set up, normal kettlebell swing, pumps it all the way up on the ascend on the way up. And then as he pumps it, he gets a big push with his right foot, his trail leg, mm -hmm. and he rotates his hips in midair, mm -hmm. 90 degrees, leading with the left foot and steps toes forward, almost like he's just mm -hmm. training in a, in a 90 degree box, like a square, right? Yeah. Is that a 90 degree box? Sure. And rectangle, whatever, rhombus, technically rhombus would be the most accurate. As the, the weight descends, his trail leg, his right foot in this instant recovers, recovers catches, catches, nothing changes about the descent within the swing. And then boom, yeah, pops it up and opens now towards his right. So we have the same stimulus, but it's going to his whole, his body will react differently than doing a hundred. What's like a, I don't know. Monkey paws. One. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Monkey. Uh, the, that's right. John Wellborn's famous monkey, monkey paws. So, so two poo. 30, 30 swings on a minute for uh -huh. minute then, on minute off for 10 minutes. You want to get yeah, five total swings. rounds. Yeah. Not 10 rounds. Yeah. So I do want to barrel forward. Yeah. Sorry. It's okay. Why toes forward? Oh yeah. Now for the sake of time, I'm going to hammer this and then I'm going to give you one minute. Okay. Fair. Yeah. So we have a power athlete squat. We call it the power athlete squat. I emphasized, emphasized this in previous episodes. It's capital, capital T, capital P, capital A, TPA, the power athlete, TPS, TPAS, the power athlete squat. Tapas? Tapas. <laughs> no, tapas is too small. <laughs> um, the perp, it has a very specific setup and execution. We have videos about the power athlete squat on YouTube. We're replicating what we call in training for each individual, their universal athletic position, which we establish as a power athlete coach based on their anthropometrics, their length of their limbs and their body type. And yes. we call it the universal athletic position because it's a very general position, not a sport specific one, but it resembles that of like returning a tennis serve or a linebacker stance. Uh -huh. It is not the exact same it resembles it. The power, the purpose of the power athlete squat is to, because it, the squat is the center stone movement of our power athlete programming, you're going to be doing it the most. So we want to instill a positive habit of using that position to generate force yes. and uh, dampen force and yes. redirect force. Yes. So that's that specific setup, this toes forward, knees over the insteps, knees tracking over the insteps, these are biomechanically the best way that we know to replicate the demands of sport within the framework of the weight room. And when we say replicate the demands of sport in like those positions, these positions map to uh, like a moment in sport where you need to get out of a bad position, which is sport is filled with like disadvantageous positions, mm -hmm. get into the most optimal position to then react or respond to an opponent or a ball or something. Yeah. We're using the squat to help train that. Furthermore, the tracking of the lower body also promotes ideal mechanics of a sprint mm -hmm. straight ahead or non-linear. So we're starting to build the habit of those patterns to promote proper mechanics and sprinting as well. Now, is it the absolute best way to teach someone how to sprint text? No. Are you, but are you contributing to the other movements you're going to be using 
And can you make connections between, let's say, a sprint-specific movement and your squat to make it simpler to coach? Yeah, that's what I want to get into in my one minute. But you are <clears throat> you are correct. Thank you. And this is the approach of teaching. It's your clock text. Movement, not movements. So we're not teaching the squat, the power athlete squat, and then teaching you the front squat, and then teaching you the deadlift. We're finding a connection between all of these hinges. Then we take the same approach to lunge, whether it's a single arm overhead walking lunge or a back rack walking lunge or a even a lateral lunge. Mm -hmm. There's principles that we can make the connections and themes in which we teach these movements that then transfer to training. Our objective within our power at the methodology and the training programs that we distribute is to increase your athleticism. More so on the field strong side, but certainly not neglected with any of the other training programs, mm -hmm. Jack Street, Lean and Able. And we have the opportunity to improve your ability to move. If you're a better mover, then mm -hmm. guess what? You can then have more volume in there because you're moving now pain-free. You improve your ability and to make these connections. And then say you take on that wreck and you get the call from Luke, mm -hmm. you have the opportunity to then display yeah your yeah. improved strength power and speed from the weight room and not be the strongest guy on the bench you're 14 seconds over well i can keep going i know you can can i i'm gonna give an, a 30 second and then we're signing off okay you if it's not the only way to move though oh no 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 we and we, you're allowed to squat toes out you're allowed to like you're allowed to do whatever you want right yeah. uh, our, here's our warning, heeding our warning. This is the best way we've seen to integrate all movements uh -huh. so that they all are contributing to a single goal versus specify a movement for a very specific goal, which it's just different. Yeah. It's not better. It's not worse. This is not for the but, sport of squatting. Right. It's not for the sport of Olympic weightlifting. Right. This is for training for. Right. This is how we train for insert anything. Right. And it's going to, if you take on this training for the first time, you integrate the power athlete squat, it's going to feel weird or I feel like I'm not getting low enough and that's okay. In this squat, we also are in a position to identify limitations mm. that will show up whether we're jumping, running, sprinting, and mm -hmm. moving at a higher velocity. Mm -hmm. So whether it's your weak, poor feet, mm -hmm. your ankle, your calf, your Achilles complex, into your knees, your hips, and up the chain. This squat is identifying those. It's also part of the movement solution to improve that limitation that you have versus working around the limitation. Mm. Quick example, if I have my toes forward and then I rotate my feet 30 degrees out, I can now squat to a lower depth. However, I'm compromising the activation of my posterior chain and my front hip. Mm -hmm. So, and you're patterning outside of the mechanics that you would see in a sprint. Correct. Even more dangerous, I would argue, mm -hmm. even more dangerous within the pattern because that overload of the barbell, mm -hmm. that's the greatest stress that we can safely create in a training environment. And it defaults your pattern mm -hmm. for now when you do get a higher stress of competition, kickball, higher velocity, you're going to catch in that toes out position. And if you take on contact, mm -hmm. there's a, a greater risk for injury. That's right. 
Uh, so that's deal with toes forward. That's deal with power athlete squat. That's deal with primals. That's why they're important. They're important for training responses. They're important for organizing um, your training as a programmer or as a coach. Are they the only way to do things? No. Are they the best way in the world? Yes. <laughs> Our humble opinion. Bias. Um, but that's what we got time for today, folks. Uh-huh. And if you want to learn more, yeah, yeah. even the, we have high level and we have medium level mm-hmm. beginner conversation on our power academy.powerathletehq.com. That's right. Check out the methodology course if you're ready to go deep. Uh, if you're just getting into this and you want to get a flavor for it, check out the trainer's course. Mm-hmm. These are trainer's course, new course. It's epic. It is, man, it takes extremely advanced principles of... Um, like goal setting behavior change and the technical aspects of coaching. And it just like massages it into a very nice learning experience and makes it usable day one. Once you complete yes. the course for you to communicate to your clients. So whether you're a personal trainer, group fitness, mm-hmm. or you're a gym owner mm-hmm. and you're, you know, your, your team is not ready for yeah. the depth. Yeah. That's the, the biggest the feedback. Water. Yeah. The deep end. Oh yeah. Of the power at the methodology. Yeah. Hey, start them in this. I'm not going to call it a kiddie pool. It's just the shallower end of the pool. That's right. It's not easy, but it's more digestible for them, mm-hmm. empowering them to communicate movement. Thank you, Tex. Fantastic job. Fantastic job. Tex is sealing his lips because he's had one minute and now or six minutes. Right? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, if you have a question, call us, text us, 929 Zero. That's nine, two, nine, ing, ing, zero. That's right. Thank you, Tex. Thank you, listeners. I love you all. Thank you for making Power Athlete Radio what it is. Uh, Leave us a review. Leave us a rating. Oh, yeah. And if uh, you don't, we'll come find you and slap you with a frozen salmon filet. I haven't said that one in a while. (laughs) Because it doesn't leave a mark. But it stings real bad. Have a good weekend. Okay. Until next time. Now it's time for you to empower your performance. Head to powerathletehq.com backslash training to choose from a number of programs to meet your specific performance goals. And if you like to break a mental sweat too, visit academy.powerathletehq.com and become a real stakeholder in you or your athlete's success. Until next time, bye!